more fucking around. It's Wild Style Radio. Wild Style Radio. 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 Welcome back to the Stand Up and Shout Rock Show. We're broadcasting again live this weekend from Salisbury Center Studios at the Salisbury Center in Manassas, Virginia. I'm Kevin, joined by my my colleague, Whisk. Yes, sir. How you doing? Not bad. Happy Saturday to you. Happy Saturday to you. I'm excited. We got another great live show here tonight. We do. We do. So live from the Salisbury Center tonight, we have the Four Horsemen. Yes. Album quality Metallica tribute band. If you haven't got your tickets yet and you're catching this live right now, run out and get your tickets. You will get a quality live Metallica show tonight. Hands down. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. We we got to chat with Sean Perry, guitarist, lead vocalist from the Four Horsemen a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think we're going to get most of the band up here in a little bit. A little chat after they finish up their sound check. And uh, we got some other things going on. We're going to be joined by a couple of the guys from Age of Ruin. I've been I, so I have to say I'm I'm thrilled that Age of Ruin is in here. So I I dabbled in music over the years myself. Um, I, I kind of let it go in terms of playing up until last summer. And last summer was the first time I got together with some friends of mine that happened to be here right now, and uh, we we played live in front of Age of Ruin. And to me, I have to, there's a little bit of a personal thing that happened with me. I don't even think you guys know about this yet. So we're going to introduce to you guys. But I have to say thank you because when I was coming back and like starting this up again, I can't tell you how nervous I was, especially following or and sorry, fronting in front of you all and act like yours. Because I just saw you guys, you looked fierce, like this fierce thrash <laughs> act. And I'm coming in with a little bit of a glam look. Not that we are like totally committed to glam. It's kind of we have this glam alt rock mix that we were doing. But uh, sometimes the thrash guys don't think too much of the glam guys. And I was like, man, these guys are just going to lay me out. Like, you know, I go back into the green room. I'm just going to hear it. And I'm like sitting down. I'm putting my eyeliner on. And then Daniel sits next to me and he starts putting his makeup on. And I'm like. Oh, this is going to be cool. Gonna Jeff, be don't right. you mean the heavy metal guys? <laughs> yes. The thrash guys? Heavy metal guys, heavy right? Metal heavy guys. metal Yes. So yeah. wink, wink, nod, I'm, nod. I'm just yeah. saying specific to Age of Ruin, because that was that was definitely a multifaceted you know, event that day. I don't even think it was all metal was. that day. Yeah, yeah. it was all local. Act. That yeah, was the local palooza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was yeah. a great night, too. A lot of good entertainment. So and I, I, and I have to thank you guys though. It's like getting back to that. You were the most hospitable and friendly people. Oh, cool. And, and thank you so much. You yeah, know, that's, you, that's great to hear you, you know, you made like a, an idiot like me feel very comfortable. So I appreciate that. So, so we'll go ahead and, and bring them in now. Right. We're, yeah. We're kind of talking around them. Yes. So welcome to the show. We have Daniel Ruin, Jonathan Clay from age of ruin. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Thanks for having us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I know you guys, you played here last night and have some stuff coming up we'll talk about a little bit, but sure. um, let's give the, the folks, the, the viewers, the listeners a little bit of background on Age of Ruin. I know you guys have been around for a bit. Um, tell us a little bit about the history of the band. Yeah, sure. So this uh, band started in 1998, right out of high school. Um, as a matter of fact, the band that opened, that played right before us, direct support last night, the Dregs, uh, the drummer for that band was our original drummer. And he's a guy I've known since the sixth grade. So um, it was this, this band has gone back a long ways. We played 
a lot of local regional uh, uh, shows around um, that time and put out a full length in 1999, which was put out by a North Carolina label. Kept pushing it, going on tours, eventually got uh, a release on Eulogy Recordings in 2004, which was called The Tides of Tragedy. And we put out some more releases after that. And then I would say in like the 2010s or so, much like you, we kind of took a bit of a hiatus. Never really broke up, you know, but, right. um, you know, it was just real life happens. Life. You yes. know, when you get to you get a little bit older, it's you start thinking about investing in real estate. <laughs> and, you know, for certain kids, guys are having kids and everything. So, um, but we never really had an intent to stop playing. It just kind of happened that way. And in 2019, started jamming with the guys again. And we were like, wow, this sounds just like our old stuff. It just really felt right, you know. It was, and, and Jonathan was in the play in the, in the fold now. And it just really sounded like Age of Ruin. And we were getting real pumped about doing it again. So we started, it really wasn't intentional to start Age of Ruin, but we were jamming. And it was like, why don't we? Right. So we started writing an EP. And I called up an old friend, Mike Schleibaum, who plays in a band called Darkest Hour. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty well-known DC metal act because um, he has a recording studio. And I would really wanted to work with him for producing, producing and engineering the whole record. This was February 2020. We started scheduling some dates. <laughs> and you know where I'm going. Yep, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it kind of it was a really interesting experience. I would say Jonathan probably would agree that unlike other recordings our we've done as bands and bands that we other bands we've been in age of ruin the recording experience was much different because of the pandemic so we would go in and track drums and wait two weeks to see if someone got sick right you know right because we had exposed each other you right. know it was very early in the pandemic and nobody knew the you know what was going to happen so the creative process was really interesting it became uh it, it became track, listen and reflect, uh -huh. and then adapt. So the whole creative process became much different than go in and track, 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 right. done. You right. know? So we took advantage, I think, of the fact that a lot of uh, venues were closed and we, there weren't a lot of uh, music opportunities. Um, the following year, as things were starting to open up, we filmed a live set at a, at a friend's warehouse, and that got put up on uh, on the internet. The guy, a good dude, Sonny, that runs a site called Hate Five Six. He does a lot of independent hardcore punk metal uh, uh, filming. He's a videographer and films, and he was uh, lucky enough to be selected by Rage Against the Machine to go on tour and actually operate cameras with with them last year. So uh, we did that, and then now shows are starting to happen, and um, here we are. Cool. Anything so, to add to that? Yeah, very cool. Um, not really. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, I would just say, like, yeah, it was recording during COVID was definitely weird, but it was also like, it was cool because we knew there wasn't really much else to do. So we could, like, really work on recording, you know? Right. So that was kind of cool because, like, we're, you know, we, it wasn't like it's like constrained on time. You know, because it's like, who knows when everything's going to open back up so we sure. can take our time and make uh, something really cool. So that was... I Process mean, I an idea. Yeah. 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 So it's it's interesting, you know, you mentioning that you were actually getting together and recording stuff live. You saw a lot of uh, different artists were doing a lot of Zoom recordings and, and coordinating that way. So, you know, I think it was probably better for the creative process i mean would you say 
to be able to actually get in the same room. And although you, like you said, once you were done, you had to wait and make sure nobody got sick. Yeah. You know, a lot of the things like, you know, um, I guess like traditionally, if you went and book time at a studio, they have several acts lined up after you. And so you really are on a time crunch and you have a number of hours to get something, get your solos done, for example. And maybe you booked eight hours and the day ends up being 10 or 11. So you go long, but, but the next day someone might be booked. So you don't really have the opportunity to come back and touch things up or, or just decide maybe midday that maybe we should go home and work on it and we'll just fix it. We'll, once we're in a better spot, we'll, we'll track the part. In this way, like it, it only allowed for that to happen because sure. there was so much demand on music, but it was being consumed through the internet but not a lot of demand on venues and recording studios just because of the virus, right? right? So even Mike, as we were tracking, he would send us home and say, you know, you need to, you need to be able to play that solo better, like work on it for a week or something. And I, I think I would say the musicianship, I know witnessing Jonathan play, I, I couldn't believe how sharp his, his skills got during it. And, and some of the solos are just really memorable. You know, the vocals are are exactly where they need to be because we spent the time on it. And I don't think it's an opportunity that we don't take for granted because I don't think we'll ever really get an opportunity like that, but it really allowed us to grow both as a band in terms of music, but as friends, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, excellent. So I have to like, I'm just going to kick off to the side because it's very obvious. I'm sure the mics are picking it up. There's a sound check going on for the four horsemen right now. And they're playing sanitarium by Metallica, but the, the little piece that I notice when Daniel, when you were talking about your hiatus because of life in the 2010s, the the melancholy intro to that song was backing you up as you were speaking to that. So it was really kind of like this great moment. I mean, we're talking over it right now and it's rocking out a little harder. But at that time, man, I don't know if you cued that up on purpose, but it was beautiful how that like came together. Yeah, I actually, I, I fronted them a C note before. <laughs> so for those that, you know, maybe not know much about the band, talk musically, where would you, you know, metal has a lot of different categories that people try and put bands into. Talk a little bit about where, you know, where, where you guys are at musically. I mean, I would say, I mean, I, I you know, I joined in 2019, I, I guess, but, you know, I used to, I used to actually go out and see them at, at shows and stuff. So I would say they're, um, you know, we, <laughs> we, they, no, not we, sorry, we, but yeah, yeah. so I would say, well, it was like, it was different, but, um, yeah, the sound basically started out, I would say, like, more a metal band that <laughs> started in the hardcore punk scene, but played by rock musicians or something like that. Like, um, and I would say the music's, like, influenced by a lot of Scandinavian, like, melodic death metal bands in flames, um, uh, at the gates, bands like that. But done in a more rock style, not, um, I don't know, really slick, really tight production, more just, like, um, groove and feel. Gr yeah, just groove and feel that rock music has. It's it's like that, and then like the thing about um, the punk scene or the hardcore scene is the the do it yourself mentality. And the, this band always came from that like do it yourself, like you know, book shows yourself, like uh, you know, promote yourself and all that kind of stuff. Play play house shows and in, in small places, and then build it up bigger. Um, so I would say it's like a, just a mixture of like hardcore and metal and rock pretty much cool yeah i i want to uh, add on to a bit like the 
the concept of being a punk band is really the core of our ethic too. Mm-hmm. Like we don't sound like, you know, Blink-182. We don't sure. sound like Green Day. Sure. Um, we don't sound like the Sex Pistols. But I still think of us as a punk band in terms of our ethic DIY very much. Um, being a punk doesn't mean you have a mohawk. Right. It's a it's a way of life, you know. It's uh it's it's um you know, it's there's a lot of the community part of it that really belongs in punk rock that you don't get at other shows, at mm-hmm. other in other venues and avenues. Mm-hmm. There's this sense of belonging, you know, there's a sense of we're all part of this. And and that, I think that drives us to wanting to help, you know, as you know, we're probably going to discuss promoting shows and booking shows here at this venue. Yes. Um, it's in, including younger bands, including people that have helped us along the way. And regardless of whether that's going to make us the next big thing because we latched on to the coattails of someone else, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What matters is that we, we're taking care of each other. And, um, you know, that's been a driving force for us for, since we started this band. Yeah, I, I've seen you guys a few times, and I think that comes across in your live show. Like what you just communicated verbally, you know, you're communicating non-verbally when you're playing music, you know, in that way. And that definitely comes, that that feel, you know, that that the continuous drive, that DIY drive, definitely feel it when you see that in, in your live performances. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and just to bring back up, so this is the Stand Up and Shout Rock Show from Salisbury Center Studios here in Manassas, Virginia. So... Um, as we mentioned, you guys played last night. Um, you have another show coming up next month. Let's talk a little bit about that event that's going to be here again at the Salisbury Center as part of uh, the uh, local metal nights that, that are occurring. Sad but Sad true. But true isn't it? I was going to say, that was not on purpose. That, I don't know. I, I talk about the timing of the last song, but you know, I don't. It, <laughs> right, well. How about, how about true but true? Happy and true. <laughs> I was hoping to cue up the hay, but <laughs> we did play. We played last night. Uh, that's why Jonathan and I are looking pretty haggard right now because we also loaded out everything and uh, actually just hung out for a long time last night. So, um, but yeah, we 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 booked a show last night here with a lot of local bands, some good friends of ours. As I mentioned before, the Dregs they're uh, they're kind of a they call themselves like desert rock sort of stoner music loud really great driving grooves that was really great to see and uh, and the drummer used to play with us um there's a, a buddy of mine that i met on the train on uh of all places about 10 years ago i think um his name's brian and he runs a page called electric catnip and he does all this amazing digital art with and it's all focused around cats and so he brought this both of them brought a really amazing visual experience to the thing cool. the great thing about the salisbury center is we've got these screens here because it yeah. used to be a movie theater yes and being able to introduce a visual aspect to the show is really really cool yes i mean there's an hdmi cable that scott drops us we plug yeah. it in and then it, it, at first it was we were just thinking yeah we'll flash the logos up on the sure. thing. and you know you get a bunch of creative people and they start thinking about it and it's like well why does it have to be static yes. couldn't it be moving couldn't we have animations in this and it's really evolving to something yeah. that's really really fun it makes it a visual experience like an, an an entire creative experience in fact uh another friend of ours who uh, did a he, he he paints eclectic oil art you know he's an artist 
his name is John Hart. He goes by Jort uh, online. Um, he painted a, a painting for us that we ended up putting on a T-shirt, and he was in the room last night doing oil painting. So it's this, it, we're trying to bring this experience, not, not just a band, 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 get out of here and go home, right. a community of sorts, you know. So we're continuing to do that. Um, the next show that's coming up is on Friday, February 24th. I've been doing a lot of the posters for these shows. We've been um, out passing out flyers, old school method, like, you know, but also leveraging social media and everything. So this one coming up, we've got some friends from a band called Abominog, who've also been around for from the 90s, right? Yeah, yeah, really, very early 90s. Early 90s, and it's, it's really cool to see them out playing again. And they, they've got some friends from Pennsylvania they wanted to bring down called Murder Method. <laughs> so uh, A Sound of Thunder is playing. They're another local band from right around the, st- the corner. They're really great uh, metal, female-fronted power metal, I guess I would say call. power metal, classic metal, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, Mortel is a local band who's played here a few times. And then Fallen Void, we met actually at this venue. They're from the Leesburg area. And that's on February 24th coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, following that, we are, Age of Ruin is planning a few shows here to promote uh, an EP that we, that EP that we discussed earlier. Yes. <laughs> that we started recording in the pandemic is finally getting dropped. Yeah. Awesome. So that's just the way. Valentine's Day, right? Valentine's Day. Yeah. Any, any specific reason for Valentine's Day or just oh. coincidence? I know. We're just big lovers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Age of Ruin, Valentine's Day. Just like mm-hmm. the name, I don't know, you know, like the, the band name coincide with Valentine. But you were lovers. Yes. Right? I guess it wouldn't be that. Well, we're from Virginia. Ah, that's true. Very true. So we're inherently yeah. lovers. Right? <laughs> That's what it's for. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> cool. And so before we, we started the show, we were talking about an article that was released on Ultimate Guitar where uh, Monument's lead singer uh, was talking about the struggles of a band post-COVID. And Scott, like, I like the, because the article came from a tweet that the the lead made. I don't know if we're looking at the uh, online article right now. If you can scroll it down so we can actually see the tweet. I think the tw- the impact of that tweet is pretty powerful in the statement that he made. If not, I can look it up because I got this thing right here. And, like, it's a little square, but it connects, oh, what to, is the, that? It connects to the internet. And, like, you get all this magic information from it. But anyway, okay, I got the tweet. So it reads... Being in a band feels pretty stupid now. The culture is embarrassing and nothing about it is cool anymore. Make almost no money and half my old heroes are disgraced perverts. I've worked my whole life for this all and I feel ashamed, broken down and obsolete, barely hanging on. And a a couple of the the other comments that were within the article was really talking about how it was very difficult um, to travel. They're a UK-based band, mm-hmm. so a lot of transportation issues. So I know, uh, you know, we saw Anthrax um, along with uh, Black Label Society, and it was one of the last U.S. shows before they went over for their European tour. And Anthrax actually ended up having to cancel a bunch of dates in the U.K. because they couldn't get bus transportation and getting around. Um, being local musicians and and having to deal with both the pandemic elements we've discussed but also post, you know, kind of interested in your all's thoughts on how accurate or sort of what you're running into. The state of live music. Yeah. yeah. Your thoughts on the state of live music. I mean, I don't, I don't 
don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's a totally different experience in, in Europe, too. And this this guy's also, like, you know, I guess he's out there touring a lot, and he's experiencing, like, you know, oh, maybe a little different stuff than, uh, than we do. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's just, like, I mean, being in music has always been kind of exploitative, uh, you know, like, by the labels and things like that. So I, I think he's like venting a lot of frustration. It's, I mean, being a musician, musician's hard. You don't have insurance. You don't have a lot of stuff that a regular job provides you. And I guess when, you know, this COVID thing, the, the post COVID world for musicians is he's probably just like venting a lot of frustrations about like how things have gotten even worse. Cause they never were great for your, for musicians. I mean, you're always struggling. You're always working as hard as you can to make it. And, and people think like, Oh, you're making like millions of dollars, which you, you aren't you. I mean, you come back home when you're not touring, you're working a, a regular job. So, I mean, I feel like he's just, um, venting things that, you know, we as musicians have known have been going on for a while. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with some of what, you know, a lot of our heroes have turned out to be perverts. I mean, that's that's not that's not just musicians. Right. I mean, that's right. comedians, actors, chefs, politicians, politicians. Yeah. You, I mean, <laughs> yeah. so I wouldn't say that that's I mean, sure. It's if you're a musician, then your heroes are musicians. So I get that. Um. I, I think that it's it is uh, sometimes it can be defeating to work and put your soul and heart into something, and then be faced up, you know, faced with such an uphill battle. Um, what I perceive as being different today is that the technology, like these things right here, that having a studio right here, that like we've got one, but both of us have studios at our homes. And what that means is the, the technology is affordable. It sounds amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, it, a, a recording studio used to be you had a massive board, a 24, 32, 64 track board, right. and everything ran through that. And you needed like really expensive preamps. Now you can buy, you know, a, an interface for a hundred bucks right. and plug a mic in and get a DAW for, you know, open source DAW even. Even Pro Tools, the top of the line, you can get Pro Tools Studio for a license for like 300 bucks a year. So it all becomes very much available commercially. And what that produces is a whole lot of quote unquote competition. And I mean competition in the the sense of competition for the listener's space, not competition to me, probably to Jonathan, I'm assuming I I know him. So I don't need to say probably uh, to us music is not a competition like when we play we go and you know we play the show we're up there watching the other bands we're always trying to learn what they're doing and 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 also root them on you know because we know what it's like to be eating really crummy food and driving you know hours and hours on the highways so to me i think the reward is being able to perform and to showcase what we've done and if that becomes my legacy, if that becomes one thing that changed someone's lives, then it's worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, from a financial aspect, oh man, it's a challenge. Yeah. You know, the equipment we use, you know, if you think about us playing a show just last night um, and just the equipment aspect of it, you know, the tubes in your amp are wearing out. We change our strings every show on multiple guitars. So. Every one of us is investing 50, 100 bucks in just gear for just sure. to be there for a sure. show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that return on investment is not a financial one for us. Right. You know, it's the experience. It's the it's the the joy of sharing what we do, and and the fact that we put so much of our lives into it, practicing practicing as a group, practicing solo, um, coming up with new ideas, creative things that we can share with people. You know, in the post-pandemic world in the United States, what I've seen, at least in, in around the East Coast, is that a lot of venues were strained by the pandemic. Um, so we're seeing a lot of, ironically, a lot of the shows, the opportunities that are out there for bands today are the opportunities that we have always embraced. Sure. Playing at uh, like a DIY, like a VFW hall, sure. shows like that. Um, house shows, that's always been something that's been um, around for punk rock and we've just kind of been there. So right. we know how to do it. Um, I think that's been one advantage and one of the ways that we've been able to continue to press on despite the fact that venues have closed and shut their doors. And as they have closed, other opportunities are popping up sure. like this one right here. Absolutely. Well, to me, and that's I'm, I'm, there's a couple segues, like taking from what you both had just said and spoken to, I will say that you practice what you preach, you know, and I started my, our conversation, like complimenting on that community that you're describing, because I was an unknown to you guys and you were very welcoming to me. So like, that's a very obvious piece of that. And like, I, you know, nobody listening to this might not know that, but I know it and I lived it. So like, I can like at least attest to that. So like I said, I, I thank you for it before and appreciate that. And the second piece to me is, you know, when you get down to it for rock and roll, like what you're describing in terms of building this community, and building a community of musicians, there's nothing like the live experience. Mm -hmm. There's nothing, you know, I, I enjoy a recording. I enjoy it loud in my house, enjoy it loud in the car, but that doesn't beat the show, you know, and that there's, that I think really lends to what you're describing, what's being built here at the Salisbury Center, because there's a, there's a lot of great local opportunity from good live local rock and roll. And that's very exciting. Yeah. And I mean, it was exciting. You know, obviously we've known Jeff for years. I've known Jeff since third grade. So oh, when this opportunity, Jeff Salisbury, that this Jeff. opportunity came up, you know, Hello. for the center, Sorry, guys, been quiet <laughs> it, <laughs> trying to get work done. <laughs> yeah. You know, this was great because, you know, I think there, a lot of folks don't know how much, how large the community in this area is. It's, you know, yeah. we grew up in Manassas. So, you know, bands that have come out, you know, People like Pete Evick and, and other musicians, you know, everyone knows kind of the kicks is, and, and some of those bands, but there's a great sort of grassroots music community. And so having this venue to be able to start showcasing that and, and helping this facility develop and, and getting more of these bands in, you know, that, that was great. And, and, and it kind of spun up during the pandemic. So, mm -hmm. you know, everything that we can do to try and help promote the music community in this area, I think is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, it's, it's also making sure that we're encouraging and, and involving young people. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. you know, the, we had a band last night called femicide who are still in high school, uh, many of them. And then another band nuclear death count, uh, members of may still be in high school or just graduated. And the energy they bring to the shows is amazing. It's very refreshing. It reminds me of being, a young punk, you know, yeah. and um, but what we what we want to do is to give them a platform in a in a in a, in a venue that's safe, uh, in a place where they can they can get here. They don't have to go all the way into D.C. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of the feedback that we've been getting is that um, Manassas is 
a suburb of DC, but it's it's far enough out that some of the other uh, cities in the region, like Winchester, Warrington, um, Leesburg, you know, it's close enough to be able to commute to and, and get home. Going all the way to DC, that might be enough to just make someone decide not to show up. Sure. So, um, but it being a safe venue, it being a place that um, the the owners really, really obviously care a lot about this and are investing a lot into it. And um, we want to just make sure that we we continue this and and continue building, you know, Um, which means it's got to be kind of a regular thing. You know, we want people to know that there's another one coming up. So every show we play, you know, we've got the next one booked. And we've got posters and flyers, and we're, yeah. we're saying, you know, come out again. And I'm seeing the exact, you know, some of the same people from some of the first nights repeatedly coming out. And if they're not coming out, they're actually tagging us in social media and saying, man, I wanted to come, but, you know, yeah. I can't make it tonight. So yeah. I, I really do feel like we're, we're starting to rebuild this community here, and the opportunities are just, you know, great. And that kind of leads into Friday nights, right? We we're going to talk, there's a, you have some Friday night events coming up here at the Salisbury Center, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so we've been doing these, uh, since what, October? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Friday, so it's not a like it's not like the first Friday of the month, it depends on mm-hmm. scheduling and everything, but it's been a really good, I mean, talk about hanging up the, you know, punch card, or punching the right. punch card at the end yeah, of the yeah. day on a Friday and Happy coming hour. and having some fun. Happy yeah. hour at the Salisbury Center. Yeah. Pretty much. And you said, you know, one of the things you, you said earlier about uh, there's nothing like the loudness yeah. of a show. Yeah. Um, you're talking to two dudes that have, like, combined <laughs> something like 18 Marshall stacks. Yes. You know what I mean? Like a crazy yeah. amount of yeah. gear. Yeah. And, uh, and we, you know, it, it's a lot of work, you know, for us dudes to be carrying all this gear around. But the last thing you want to do is be sitting there on stage and thinking, like, man, I left that amp at home. Yes. It would have been so cool to have here. So it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so, you know, part of that whole inclusion thing is, well, we have the equipment and we're going to haul it over here anyway. Why don't we backline and let all of these other bands use it? And some of, the, some of the younger bands that may not have, you know, might be practicing on combo amps, they can play on a real kit and like a real, sure. you know, Marshall stack. And it's like, it's a really great experience for them too. Yeah. Um, so we're going to continue to do those. Uh, you know, we generally have been booking about two shows out right now as we've been building this community and making it a regular thing. Um, you know, what I've been noticing too, um, particularly, I would say, especially last night, because it was, I think, the best turnout we've had for one of these so far, is that there's a lot of people that are interested in helping now. Yeah. And it's, you know, what started off as, okay, let's put it on, let's work, because we want to share what we can do and we want to provide a, an avenue for young musicians to have a place to share what they do has now turned into a community thing and they're saying, how can we help? Sure. And that's just really cool. It's a really cool feeling. And um, it's part of, I think, as as we have gotten older, this is a band that's been around for a while, it's part of what we want to do to share with everyone else to give back yeah. to the community that raised us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, talking about being a punk rock musician, um, one of the bands that I was always super inspired by from Washington, D.C. was a band called Damnation A.D. And... You know, I even had people say after we put our first record out that, man, I love this record because it sounds like Damnation. It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like Kingdom of Lost Souls. I love that record, you know. And, and and that was like a super big compliment for me. And a few years later, as Adrian Bruin was recording 
uh, that Tides of Tragedy, our record that we put on Eulogy, uh, we actually went to Ken Olden's studio, who was the guitar player and founder of Damnation. And it just turned out a few years, maybe two years after that, they decided they decided to get back together and start touring. And then he reached out to me because they needed a guitar player. So it's 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 really interesting how the opportunities come and go, but what what is consistent is this thread of community and yeah. and helping each other along the way. Which it, that may be what is different in Europe is I, I wouldn't say it is because I don't know yeah, enough don't about know, them but. to really say anything. But here, I I definitely feel that that's a, a really strong component of the success here. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So. Uh, we met, you mentioned, so you got the EP coming out on February the 14th. Did we, did you share the title? Yes, it's called Thieves. Okay. And where, where can folks find that? Uh, it'll be available on all streaming platforms, um, Bandcamp, Apple Music, iTunes. Cool. Where else do people buy stuff? <laughs> Kent Mill Records? Yeah, everywhere. And we actually... <laughs> Not anymore. Vinyl, vinyl is forthcoming, much like everything else in the world. Um, supply chain demands and everything made it so vinyl, actually, and because people were at home listening to records, right? Mm-hmm. Vinyl became scarce. It was, yeah. you know, and the, and the turnaround time on pressing records was really long, and it's actually kind of... That was a sort of part of the factor of why it took so long for us to drop this, but... Um, vinyl should be in our hands sometime in May too, cool. and um, that'll be available on through our website. Awesome. And then the the next local metal night where you're performing is in February. What's the date again? We are not performing the next one. Um, we actually are taking some time to write a few songs that we're going to be uh, recording again here because because it took it, you know it was almost, well almost three years when we first started to go into the studio. We now have newer material that we're like really excited about. So we're, we're planning on getting in the studio to drop to, to uh, release probably a single um, early summer-ish, depending on how quickly we can make that happen. Um, so we're just c- kind of polishing off on, on some of the songwriting right now. I think we're, we're targeting late March right now for a next show in the area. Okay. Well, we want to thank you for stopping by. Um, Daniel Ruin, Jonathan Clay from Age of Ruin. Yeah. And uh, we're going to take a quick break here on the uh, Stand Up and Shout Rock Show live from Salisbury Center Studios in Manassas. Awesome. Thank Thank you. Thank you, guys.